Welcome to the 6 Minute Abs podcast. My name is Abby, aka 6 Minute Abs, and I will be your host along this fitness and wellness journey. Join me as I share the ups and downs of my personal wellness ride and shed light on some exciting, adventurous, and at times outrageous health topics. The show does not intend to offer any medical advice. I only aim to provide entertainment and to inform. You should always consult a registered doctor before beginning any treatment or on any topic that concerns your physical and mental health and well-being. Furthermore, you will not achieve a full set of abs in six minutes. Believe me, I've tried. Hey everybody, it's me, Six Minute Abs, and I'm back again this week with a super freaking exciting guest. I've got the one, the only, Chris Jafter! Woo! Chris, could you just say hey to everyone for me? <laughs> what's happening, everyone? How you guys doing? What's good? What's good? What's poppin'? <laughs> what's, what's up? What's up? Orale, vatos, buchandet, dumelang, likai, um... Hello, Yola. Um, <laughs> we get. <laughs> we get the lunches. Yeah, my Deutsch is a bit slight, but I can a bit speak. Yeah, well, it's better than my Deutsch, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I lived here for some time, so I I had to learn very quickly. Oh, fun times! But yeah, guys, for all the international listeners out there. Chris is one of the main boys from Top Billing, and Top Billing is one of our, well, it used to be one of our major lifestyle shows here in South Africa. But there is so much more to Chris Jafter than just Top Billing, and that's what we're going to talk about So today. much more. So much more. So much more. As you can hear, he's very distinguished. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, indeed. I love it. But yeah, Chris, so um, from an early age, you were super, super all about that dramatic life since you studied at NSA, which I am very jealous about because when I went to my mother and said, can I study at the NSA? She was like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so when did you uh, know that yeah. you wanted to be a performer? Um, to be very honest with you, when I was at NSA, I didn't even know that I wanted to be a performer. I've always had uh, sort of like a comedic bone in my body, if you will, and uh, an affinity for um, film and movies, obviously get that from my mom and my dad, the creative side. But when I was at NSA, I studied fine art. I didn't go into drama, so I didn't know that I was going to do um, acting or be an actor or going into any sort of part of the entertainment field or sphere, if you will. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was, yeah, it was only when I, when I left school um, that I basically did voluntary work for about two and a half, three years. Mm. And uh, we raised money for HIV and AIDS orphanages using the medium of dance and drama and um, you sort of like life skills, workshops and presentations and that sort of thing uh, through industrial theater. That's where the bug bit, if you will, and where the innate desire that I couldn't escape kind of like dropped into my heart. And I had to sort of navigate and figure my way um, um, uh, out and around why it was that I wanted to do what I wanted to do. and this sort of desire that I couldn't escape knowing full well that it was going to be very difficult and that nobody chooses it. It kind of chooses you. If anyone chooses it, I think, uh, yeah, they're super crazy because this industry is quite tough. It's quite tough. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Oh my goodness. So like you said, you, you went into NSA to do arts, which I had no idea about. I thought you were a drama kid, but 
after you matriculated, you did, you just touched on this a little bit now, but um, you spent some time doing volunteer work through Youth for Christ. So can you tell me a bit about this experience, a little bit more about this experience and what all it entailed? Yeah, so when I, I finished school a year earlier than um, I should have, I did two years in one. <laughs> you can either call me smart or lazy, one of the two. <laughs> the latter I wouldn't be offended with either. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to get rid of school. I mean, like I had, I had, had enough. Um, although my last two years were probably the best years of my schooling career and the best, uh, the, the, I had the best time in those two years. Uh, when I left, I wanted to travel and my folks being all about purpose and destiny wouldn't want me to leave the country and just sort of uh, behave frivolously at a summer camp or whatever the case may be. Not that um, those are bad, but they wanted me to have a little bit more of a purpose and uh, um, a reason behind the drive. So um, in a nutshell, they spoke to my cousin who had already been a part of this organization, Youth for Christ, where um, teams of six to eight uh, people per team, uh, I think there was, with the local team, there were about six or eight teams. Um, so quite a lot of people um, that had volunteered and given up their lives uh, for a year at a time where they we basically travel throughout Africa, Europe, and America, raising money for HIV and AIDS orphanages. Um, the organization's uh, name is Youth for Christ. And um, yeah, that was basically just travel with a purpose and also, you know, impact our environments, our societies, and um, uh, the people or the orphans that we love, that we came to love here in South Africa. So that's how it happened. And I was with them for, like I said, about two and a half, three years. The first year was a local trip where we did South Africa and the neighboring countries of South Africa. So we got to travel and like really go into the Bundus and into re real rural areas and live with the people there and uh, sort of just inspire them with our stories and do what we can to help them out and to get them to a place where uh, they could be self-sufficient, etc. So um, that was the first year. The second year was Europe and America. That was the first time that I had to uh, learn German. We had a, um, a one hour production, a one hour, 15 minute production that we had done in English, prepared it for an American audience. But because we were doing Germany first, we had to translate the whole script into German. Wow. And that's how I started learning to speak German. So yeah, imagine performing in German. I've done that as well. <laughs> Rather yeah, you nuts, than me, friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So with regards to that kind of like philanthropic side of you, um, are you still involved in similar outreaches or what's your passion project now? Yes, absolutely. I'll always be involved with the communities and um, um, different philanthropic projects, uh, one of which is Operation Smile. Um, I mean, for something like a measly five and a half thousand rand, uh, kids and adults with cleft lips and palates um, get their smiles back. And, and I mean, that's a life-changing thing. It seems so small, but uh, it's, it's an absolute life-changing thing. I think it was year before last that I went out. In, um, I think it was in Vitbank to go see some of the operations take place and that sort of thing. And I must say that the team behind it is absolutely amazing. And they've been changing lives for a very long time. So the little bit that I can do and input um, 
is is just my little bit that I can do with the voice that I have and the platform that I've been given. Um, I've been involved with projects like uh, Joint Aid Management. They feed over a million kids uh, uh, a month in Africa. Um, guys like the Field Band Foundation, where um, kids, youngsters in underprivileged areas who wouldn't have um, any sort of exposure to music or musical instruments then get taught musical instruments and they can go on and earn a living through those kinds of mediums. Um, geez, the list goes on. I, I, wherever my help is needed, I will always give my help there. And I'm very involved in uh, our communities as well. The, uh, besides um, uh, um, any other sort of uh, organizations that I am with, uh, some of the colored townships as well, you know what I mean? So, yeah, wherever I can give my help, I do. Another very cool project that I was just a part of that a friend of mine uh, spearheaded is called Operation Orange. And um, obviously during the pandemic, we had, um, you basically need, I think it was 70 milligrams of vitamin C a day to keep your immune system healthy and that sort of thing. And we, in the space of nine months, had delivered something like six and six and a half million oranges. I think I'm coming in at a deficit, but we could have gone over. Um, and we had a couple of great sportsmen and women and some local celebrities involved and stuff. So yeah, that was a really cool project as well. That is so amazing. Oh my goodness. I had no idea that that was going on even during COVID. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, look, to be very honest with you, as much as I'm in front of the camera and my life is sort of public, I'm a very private person. However, when it comes to those kinds of initiatives, I think it is important to uh, sort of raise awareness around it. So it was on my socials and that sort of thing. Seven Gesty, Zoe Brown, um, um, Brian Abana, um, uh, I think the Khaleesi Foundation as well. Um, a bunch of people were involved with it. So I think it was just because people had so much of their own stresses to deal with that it maybe could have just like um, caught a bit of a blind eye, but we did quite well. Okay. All right. So now we did moving away from your amazing humanness. <laughs> we did briefly <laughs> touch on um, the fact that you were on top billing, which like I mentioned, was one of South Africa's biggest lifestyle shows for I think that was probably one of the most kind of like rites of, not rites of passage shows, but it was such a monumental show in South Africa, you know, for so long. Yeah, everybody who, everybody was in the industry wanted to be on that show. Yes, everybody. That was like, yeah, it's definitely uh, set the benchmark for what it is that, or the standards of what presenting and the good life was about. Exactly that, Jod. Like kind of highlighted the high life to a, Beautiful fine tea. So, um, exactly. You were part of the presenter search. Now, a lot of hopefuls yes. out there were like up and at him. I was one of them. I was like, hey, guys, love me. <laughs> and then <laughs> the good man over here, Chris, actually got to top five, right? In your year. And then That's you, joined, you joined the top billing team afterwards, which is amazing. I can just imagine that must have been like such a high for you. So can you tell me a little bit about what went through your head when you found out that you'd been landed on top billing? Yeah, it was what a roller coaster, what a ride. Every step of the way was a miracle for me. I'm telling you, because um, I mean, <laughs> I had 
I don't know, I'd prepared such a hefty monologue for my um, first insert or not, not insert for, um, what do you call it? My first take or audition or whatever the case might be. And everybody had prepared like a 16 second little clip. Um, so I came in there with like, oh my goodness, I, I, I didn't trust myself. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just going to come out swinging. I'm going to do what it is that I do, that I know how to do. I'm always... Uh, well, I've always been a fervent believer in competing with yourself only, and that's just who I am. So I always want to be better than I was, you know, a couple of seconds ago. So I, I, there's always room for improvement. And then I made top 50, and then I got cut from the 50, and then I came back in as a wild card. Um, and then I got announced uh, as the top 10, and I was like, you know what, I actually need a, I'm just going to come out punching swinging throwing all sorts of haymakers and that sort of thing you know what I mean um and to be honest with you I guess I don't know yeah I was the fan favorite I heard of people breaking the TVs and stuff when I didn't win I was very confused when I didn't win because uh the top five was um we wanted to hear our names be called if your name was called previously it means you're the bottom and you could possibly be going home so um my name wasn't called for any of the top three spots. And I was like, you know what? I gave my best. South Africa is going to see that. And whoever else in the rest of the world um, is going to see that. And that's all I can leave with. And I thought, you know what? The guys were like hands down, like much better than me. It was just like, it, it was what it was. So I thought the competition was really hectic. And then we went back and I, I saw the performances and I was, I was completely confused. I was like, what's going on here? Like, why didn't I place anywhere? And people, <laughs> I heard that people were breaking their, their TV screens and, and like it, South Africa was up in arms and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was like, you know what? It's in God's hands. I just need to do what I need to do, whatever the case may be. I remember some of the directors and the producers coming to me and saying, you know what? It's not you. There's some bigger things at play because I'd been in the industry before. I'd been I, I, at the mo at that particular time. I was shooting uh, a series called Ruru Futa, and they wanted to write me in as the lead. And they had taken a bit too long because I had already signed with uh, West Side Story. I was playing Bernardo, and that overlapped by two weeks of the six months that they now wanted to bring me in. And they somehow had been speaking or talking with the SABC and stuff to say, you know what? Well, at least this is my thoughts, right? Uh, I can't prove it. <laughs> you can't disprove it. <laughs> so um, these are just my thoughts. It's my opinion, but we know what happens with opinions and how many people have them. Um, I think that what happened was they, they must have said, you know what? Um, Chris is doing his thing. He's already got a name in the industry. Let's bring in someone fresh. We can use him once we've used him for whatever it is that we need him for. And then we can obviously slot him in as and when which uh, kind of made a bit of sense because I got a call from the big boss um, or the big bosses and uh, they had obviously expressed the gratitude for me being a part of the show. And I expressed my gratitude for them having had me be a part of the show. It was, an, it was my honor more than was theirs. Um, and uh, they, they then told me that, you know what, we just need to obviously let things play out a little bit the way they need to. And would I be interested in a spot on one of two shows? They gave me an option for one or two shows and whether or not I actually wanted to be based in Cape Town or Joburg. So um, I had then obviously decided that I wanted to do top billing and I wanted to do it in Joburg and the rest is history, so to speak. I met so many great people. I'm so grateful for that journey. I am so grateful to the producers who saw 
um, something in me that could have benefited the show, which I'm sure it did. We had a good time. The numbers were up. Um, we we met amazing, amazing people. And uh, another one of my mantras is that, you know, um, one of the best investments you can ever make is in another human being. And I, when it comes to relationships, I'm just like, I'm all for it. So I love people a lot. Um, and I had the best time there. And I, I grew a lot, <clears throat> excuse me. And it was a very good platform, obviously, for exposure. Like you said, it was the benchmark of uh, television presenting uh, and the good life. And um, a bunch of opportunities and respect came from that. And obviously, you know, it's another notch or uh, arrow in your quiver. And um, yeah, like I said, the rest is history. <laughs> Are you tired of looking like a frump when heading off to the gym? Are you stopping traffic with your outfit on your morning jog for all the wrong reasons? If you, like me, are tired of recycling your old promo t-shirts as gym wear, you need to take a look at Athleisure HQ range. These guys stock everything your gym bunny heart could want or desire. From fantastic leggings which literally feel like a second skin and trust me, they really, really do. To amazing gym wear for him, you can find it all here. For all you South Africans out there, isn't it great to know that these products are locally manufactured in Cape Town? But if you're an overseas listener, don't stress, they can organize international shipping just for you. All the designs at Athleisure HQ are nature inspired, leaving you feeling absolutely zen in your gear. I just picked up the Blossom Cropsy set and my gosh is it stunning. None of the garments have exposed elastic, which would leave your skin feeling irritated. In the same right, you won't have to worry about any irritating labels. All the usual label info is incorporated in the fabric. Furthermore, you can wash, wear and live in your garments without ever having to worry about them. You don't have to worry about them fading and you don't have to worry about them becoming washed out and dull. Go on, spoil yourself with these amazing products and get 10% off while doing so. Yep, you heard right. I managed to rustle up a code for all of my listeners to help you get the gear that's perfect for you. When you check out, use my code ABBY-A9F5KQ6G. That's ABBY-A9F5KQ6G. Once that's in, you're basically all set. So now go on, get, go. Go spoil yourself and look amazing in the process. Yeah, so yo, I can only imagine what that must have been like, being a part of that that family and that unit of toppling. But yeah, Absolutely. So not, look, not, not to say that it... Uh, look, everybody sees the glam and the end result, and that's just... Um, human nature i guess you know what i mean people want the end result and they don't really see the process i mean after all the foundation doesn't really get seen right but if you want the structure to go really high the foundation has to be dug really deep and you need to take time with that foundation so um it wasn't all glitz and glam <laughs> you got to pay the price for the glitz and glam that's all i have to say okay all right everybody all you hopefuls out there you got to pay the price now you know. <laughs> but yeah, like I mentioned, toppling did come to an end. And that was 
that was really like the end of an era for SATV because I remember when I was little, when was it? I think like either Friday nights or Thursday nights, whenever top billing slot was, the whole family was there. We were yeah. like, woo, woo, okay, it's time. Exactly. Let's start it. Exactly. <laughs> and then, exactly. so can, can you tell me, even though it was the end of an era, um, it definitely wasn't the end for you because you've been incredibly busy. And I see that um, you've been working on the Netflix series called Bedford Wives. So could you tell me a little bit about that production and what it's about and how it was on that scene and all of that? Uh, look, to be honest with you, uh, or quite frankly, Bedford Wives um, was bought by Netflix and Amazon Prime. Um, it was on the SABC. Uh, I think it was about it was two or three years ago. <clears throat> very, very good show. One, three safters. It was amazing. I was a leading man on there. Um, I played Robbie. I don't know. I, I've got all of these character names in my head. I'm not going to give you the surname, but his name was Robbie. He was the henchman or the right-hand man of uh, one of the kingpins of Bedford View. Um, the story loosely based around the lives of Lolly Jackson and Gretchen. So um, we had a good time playing that. I remember <laughs> once people had seen the show, I used to walk around and everybody kind of like would take a second glance and wonder whether or not they could say hi to me because of the character that I portrayed. It was, it was quite aggressive. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun one. I've got another movie that's on Mnet as well as Showmax called Hex. Uh, it's a okay. horror film directed by Reina, uh, produced by Reina Swat and, uh, Marianne Maleffi. Um, yeah, that's on at the moment and, uh, it's been released in North America now. To cut a very long story short, it's been doing really well. That's an Mnet and on Showmax. Um, got a couple of things that are on replay on Showmax. Dancing with the Stars is another show that I hosted as well. Um, and then um, a couple of really cool things in the pipeline. One's being announced tomorrow. It's going live, live tomorrow, so I can't, <laughs> I can't really speak to you about it now. Uh, and then um, uh, mid-Feb, mid-Feb, there's going to be another, uh, another announcement that I'll be sure to send you away. Okay, cool. I am excited about this. So actually, when this episode comes out, both of your big announcements will be out. Ooh, yes, ma'am. Indeed. Very indeed. exciting. So, okay. You've mentioned a whole bunch of cool things. I'm very interested in Hicks because I am a horror fan. So that's what I will be doing tonight. Um, <laughs> but by the way, that, by the way, I'm, yes. I hate horrors, right? It's not what I do. So I had to like... Yeah, I I've, I had a bad, well, not a bad experience. Um, when I was younger, I used to have crazy nightmares. My brother, my older brother used to have worse nightmares than me. I think it, it got so bad to a point where we could have actually been hospitalized for it. Um, that's how crazy it was because we used to obviously mess around with our older cousins and that kind of thing. And they always used to play these crazy horror movies while the parents were away and that sort of thing. And it really messes with your psyche. So I don't do horrors at all. This was a bit of a stretch for me. And uh, yeah, fun, they said it would be. Okay, <laughs> Which right. it was, which it was. It was fun, it was fun. No, but I've always wondered that. Like, you know, you watch something on, you know, on the TV or whatever, and then you sit there and you're terrified. But what's it like to act it? Is it, is it scary? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously you got to get yourself into that zone and depending on the kind of techniques that you use, I mean, I, I like to consider myself a bit of an all-rounder. So I, I dabble with quite a few, uh, or in quite a few techniques and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what, when I'm in the moment, that world becomes real to me, the world of make-believe, 
is real to me at that point in time. So I've got to get myself to that point where I truly believe what is happening in front of me. And you just need to know how to separate that from yeah. when they call cut yeah. and when they say act. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered about that, like with long time actors, like in soapies or series or anything like that. How do you separate? Like, don't you eventually become your character? Look, um, I think, look, I can't, I, I can't really vouch for anyone else just for myself, but I know that there are certain techniques that you can use to separate yourself from the character, one of which is, you know, writing your thoughts down. If you feel like you're really connecting with the material, um, make sure that whatever it is that you're thinking that is affecting you emotionally, once you've already left set, maybe, I don't know, to go in your trailer or to come home, whatever the case may be, um, to find those little techniques and nuances that you're able to let it go from your body and from your mind so that you're able to retake that space or re, um, retake that, yeah, uh, take up that space again once once uh, action is called or once you start going into uh, the character just before you need to start shooting again. So um, that's just one technique. I know other actors use different techniques. Some people are able to just switch on and off because they understand, okay, cool, I'm doing a job. This is acting. So I'm going to give my all and be in the moment and that world to me right then and there is going to be real but when the director says cut i got to snap myself out of it it takes a lot of discipline and, and uh, maturity as well as experience i think um to get yourself out of that space especially if you find yourself so deep and and there's nothing anyone can do about it and i think there's also a great responsibility on the directors to be able to you know, give you their sort of wisdom and uh, some of the insights that they've had um, because they obviously work with so many actors so many different times um, that would enable you to be able to um, shut those feelings off and then go back into real life. It's easier said than done, but it is possible. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine doing that. I read a piece on Daniel Day-Lewis and his role that he played in Gangs of New York. And how he did the method yeah. acting for like two months in that. And I was just like, Shh, oh, okay, good for you, bro. Daniel Day-Lewis is by far or hands down the greatest actor on the planet. Um, he has. He really goes the whole nine yards. He does, yeah. right? <laughs> He goes the whole nine yards. He prepares two to four years in advance for a role. Yeah, two I to know. Four I'm years. just like... He gets oh, his family, okay. his family members call him by his character name. They treat him the way the character is supposed to be treated. He wouldn't have it any other way. Um, respect and my hat off to him. That is why he is where he is and why he's such a great, you know what I mean? I respect his, uh, the craft. I respect him as an actor. And you can only achieve, hope to achieve those heights uh, one day by constantly improving yourself and uh, sort of refining your craft. One day when you're big. <laughs> one day when I'm big, I'm going to be like, up. Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that one. So um, exactly. another another role that you've been, not cast as, sorry, it's not a role. You are presenting another show called The Longest Date. So could you tell yes. me a little bit about that show? Do you actually film on location? How do you keep your head about you with all of these single people running about, going crazy, fighting each other? What's the deal? Yeah, so The Longest Date is about 16 singles coming together, um, none of them sort of knowing each other from a blue bar of soap. We put them together. There's some psychologists involved, uh, psychology involved with regards to who would fit um, better where, 
um, and basically uh, to claim the grand prize of 100,000 Rand and then to find love while you're at it. So um, it's an extreme adventure dating competition. I think some people some people are a little bit shocked when or were a little bit shocked when they got there to see that <laughs> we, it is an extreme adventure dating show or competition because uh, we had some remarks like you know what i didn't expect to hike up this mountain or whatever the case may be we were like mountain you didn't expect to hike up this mountain wait until you have to climb a waterfall and you gotta like snatch flags and pass them to each other and hope that you don't fall and break your neck and <laughs> all those kinds of things be that as it may, I know it is a little bit dramatic. However, um, we have all of the best safety technicians on hand and um, yeah, some of the best riggers in the world as well. So safety is paramount, but everybody had to remember that it was an extreme adventure dating competition. So it's like Survivor meets The Bachelor. Survivor meets Love Island meets The Bachelor meets it's in a, a, a an original format so nothing's been done like it in the world actually um, okay. and it is yes bits and pieces uh, bits and pieces of uh, various ideas sort of coming uh, to you guys as an original. That's amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So and now, that's on YouTube. Everybody go watch it. Go watch it on YouTube, guys. Can watch it on YouTube, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, oh, and from, uh, yeah, I was yeah. I was nominated for a SAFTA for that show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I saw like um, you mentioned that you were nominated for a SAFTA, and I was like, for for which role of your many roles yeah. that you play? Okay, <laughs> that's the one. That's so cool. Okay, so um, uh, you know, like speaking of the L word, and with Valentine's Day just being past us, could you describe your perfect date for all of the ladies out there so they know what to? Oh, sorry. I just said ladies. What's your preference? <laughs> ladies. I'm, I'm, okay, I, I love ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Different strokes with different folks. Um, yeah, so I, you know what? I'm a simple guy. As much as I can be a complex creature, I'm quite simple. So a night under the stars, little picnic blanket, um, you know, a little, well, some nice nibbles, something nice to drink, and I don't know, stargazing or being by the ocean and a big mountain, um, something like Cape Town, you know what I mean? I was about to um, say Cape or Town. Or the bush. <laughs> I love the bush. Yeah, I do love the bush. The bush is my happy place. I feel at home in the bush. I, I love nature. I love wildlife. So um, a little cute, serene setting, um, you know, above the canopies of the bush, um, with an open sky um, with the right person obviously would be ideal oh well there you go all you hopefuls out there now you know how to stalk chris okay <laughs> but also what i've heard is that you are somewhat of a massive triple threat in the sense that you don't only act but you also sing and dance so with that you know like under the belt would you ever take the stage? Would you go into theater? Would you return to theater? I know you said you were in Jersey Boys, but would you ever go back? Uh, West Side Story, but yes, yes, um, I would absolutely go. No, 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 don't apologize. It's all, all good. I just couldn't take credit for being in Jersey Boys. Some of my homies were in that and they did an amazing job. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Um, look, I've done uh, a plethora of shows. Um, that's where sort of like in the modeling industry as well as uh, in musical theater and theater my name started to sort of 
uh, ring bells uh, for people and that kind of thing. <clears throat> I've been um, very fortunate uh, to have been a part of some of the best of the best, having worked with some of the best of the best from Broadway to West End, et cetera, et cetera. So if the right show comes along, um, I absolutely will do it. When I saw, I saw Trevor Noah when he came, I think it was about three, three and a half years ago. And he was like, because we hadn't seen each other in a very long time. We started off in the industry together, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, man, you got to do, um, what's it? Hamilton. You got to do Hamilton. You got to do Hamilton. One of my friends is doing Hamilton, well, was doing Hamilton in the UK, uh, Safiso. And I mean, it's we know the show, right? It's a waiting list, a massive waiting list, and it's done exceptionally well. So I think, uh, yeah, maybe I'd give my, my good friend Safiso a visit um, or perform with him one day, if at all that show was to come to South Africa. But theater is always going to be in the bones. I love it. And uh, it's not going anywhere. Well, maybe it looks like it's gone somewhere now with COVID, but it will be back. <laughs> yeah, this COVID story, I swear. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I give up. Thank you. <laughs> COVID, you've won, whatever. Okay, but so. We keep open. Yes, we've got to. I mean, if we don't, we'll just go mad, right? <laughs> But okay, so one, um, my last formal question for you that I'm really interested in is the fact that you look like a damn snack. Okay, so now how do you <laughs> keep up this look and this, you know, physique with such a busy lifestyle? Well, thank you very much. Snackalicious. <laughs> That's the one. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, look, I I am quite aware of what it is that I put into my body. So I believe in a very balanced lifestyle. I do know what it is like to be on the opposite side of the spectrum, especially if you prepping for a certain role or if you have a certain goal in mind, um, then I know how to get strict and super focused. Um, I can be laser focused when I want to be um, like this year. I'm, I'm, I'm super laser focused, man. I am like eye on the prize. So um, it's not really hard for me to keep my body in check. Um, I exercise at home when I have to, especially with what's happened with COVID. Um, I started a series of exercise uh, workouts and videos with a good friend of mine who's a biokineticist. Um, his name is Samir Sali. You can follow him at, at Samir Sali Sports Performance. Don't ask me why it's that long. It should have been SS Sports <laughs> Performance, but you'll find it when you check him out. He's excellent at what he does. And um, yeah, you'll see my IGTV feed. That's how we stayed fit. And uh, kind of like going back to the basics for anyone who wanted to um, join us on that journey and stay fit along with us. Um, everybody thinks you need to go to gym and like do a thousand hours of cardio and blah, blah, blah. When in actual fact, all you really need to stay healthy and on top of your game is 15 to 20 minutes of you know, high in in intensity interval training, a couple of push-ups here, if you, uh, a couple of sit-ups, squats, um, you know, getting your technique and your form right. If you have stairs, climb the stairs, do some squats on the stairs, coming up, going down, and repeat. Um, all you need to do is have the will, the patience, and um, uh, you know what I mean? A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So don't be hard on yourself. Always just start with a single step. Yeah. Everyone kind of forgets that all kind of professionals were amateurs at some stage. You know, we all look at our, exactly. at our exactly. mentors and our goals and we forget that, okay, they were me one day, you know, way back when. Yeah, yeah. Once upon a time, exactly. Absolutely. And I can also look, I'm, I'm very thankful that I've always been a very sporty person. So any sport, 
um, that you can think of, I probably did, um, or the main sport, so to speak. Um, and it, it doesn't leave you, especially with um, uh, dancing, you know what I mean? I started my career as a professional, dan well, dancing professionally first before any of the acting or the singing or the presenting or the entrepreneurial, whatever uh, side of me started sort of peaking up. So um, that the muscle memory is always there and you just have to go back to the basics. That's it. Always start with the foundation. Red. Yeah, get your form right and then go from there, guys. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. But yeah, Chris, thank you so much for this. If people want to find you, where can they find you? List all the handles. You can find me at Chris Jafter. Don't spell my surname wrong. Everybody, well, not everybody gets it wrong. Those that actually take the time, <laughs> spell it right. It's J-A-F-T-H-A. -A. And kudos to you for spelling my surname right and actually taking the time out to find out whether or not it's Jafter, Jafter, or Jafter, or Japata, Fudge, <laughs> or Masakon. <laughs> so thank you. I wear masakonos. <laughs> yeah, but guys, like always, if you want to get in touch with me during the week, you can do so on Instagram, which is six underscore minute underscore abs. You can hit me up on Twitter, which is six minute abs. You can check out the blog, which is six minuteabs.com, or you can send me a Gmail, which is six minute abs at gmail.com. But yeah, Chris, dot com. thank you. Dot com. <laughs> but anyways thank you so so much chris for joining me thank you for having me abs and you can call me jeff Hoffa or whatever you want because you took the time you know what i'm saying <laughs> well thank you chris jeff Hoffa. all right but anyways guys i'll catch you next week and bye